Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I hope that you're enjoying wrapping up 2018. I'm getting ready to say 2019 and uh, also getting ready to wrap up some Christmas presents approaching December 25th. It's fascinating to know that event is celebrated across the globe by many Christians the first four Sundays leading up to the 25th. And so we're in the Advent season now and it's time of anticipation and celebration, expectation, and really allowing your heart to go on that journey to process with God. So very cool. Excellent. Also a time of the year where uh, there's a lot of thinking going on, reflecting on the the year. And uh, so I want to share with you a message today. It's titled, He Will Save. He Will Save. I want to start with you in Matthew chapter 1. At verse 17, if you've got your Bibles, you can open up there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Verse 19, sorry, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And here's my verse for us today that I want to preach through. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will will save his people from their sins. He will save. So good. Jesus came into our world at the perfect time in world history and also in the time of the Roman Empire. And this plan of God, this purpose of God, Matthew really does well to highlight starting off with the genealogy of Abraham uh, coming through. So it starts with that verse in chapter 1. Jesus Christ, the son of David, he highlights, and also the son of Abraham. Matthew really wants to emphasize in this chapter as he, on the onset of his gospel that Jesus Christ is the promised one. You know how in Genesis chapter 12, that the seed of Abraham would be a blessing to the nations and also highlighting that 
He's the son of David, the royal lineage, the Messiah. So good. Making that really clear from the onset. And then, of course, wonderful to know after my key verse this morning that actually Jesus is not only the fulfillment of the promised one to come, he's also of the son, that being Abraham's son and David's, but also the fulfillment of prophecy as seen in the passage of Isaiah that Matthew quotes that it says in verse 22, and all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Excellent. God with us. So event, this time of the year, in December as we approach Christmas, perhaps you're going through a whole lot of different thoughts about what you could have done better this year in 2018. Perhaps there's some things that you're having trouble trying to work through in your mind. Uh, Perhaps there's some things you're trying to rectify, some resolve that you're trying to get in your heart. Maybe you feel as though perhaps this year there were some mistakes and blunders made. Uh, But I'm here to encourage you this morning that the gospel comes with us with that cutting edge that He will save. He will save. Jesus has come to us. Let's pray together this morning. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for who you are. The Saviour, we rejoice in you today. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for the power of the gospel, evident here this morning with all these beautiful people who love you, seeing this uh, incredible salvation at work in all of our lives, Lord. Uh, Thank you for the freedom that we found in you. Thank you, Jesus, you're moving in our lives, in our families this Christmas. Do a beautiful thing this morning once again. And all God's people said, amen. He will save. It's a beautiful thing to be saved, isn't it? From sins. Saved from sins. Saved. I was uh, out on my run yesterday and I was just running down the road. I've got, being a runner, God's strategically placed me in a, um, on a road where I can actually, on a Saturday morning, I can go to the running club that way the long option, or the short option, that way, to another running club. And uh, I set out down the road, and I could see the clouds uh, brewing the storm. I thought, I didn't know there was going to be a, a storm today. or I didn't know there was going to be rain. I didn't know this was forecasted. I thought it was going to be a nice, warm summer's day. And anyway, I set out down the road. I actually went left this time because I could see, I was just feeling that vibe. You know, I better be careful. And as I ran down the esplanade, it started to trickle. It started to shower. The showers got heavier and I got caught out. I began to be drenched with water running into the rain. And you could see a lot of people out there on Saturday, at Saturday morning on the esplanade were also feeling caught out. And... Um, then uh, I did my run. I was very wet, protecting my phone. And uh, when I got home, there was no one there. 
thought, where is everyone? This wasn't helping my anxiety issue to do with the storm. You know, uh, it was thunder and lightning. Um, wasn't there, Louise? So, yeah, thunder, lightning. So Louise had gone out to rescue me, to save me. Um, my family in the Kia Carnival, the Golden Kia Carnival. Um, and so I'd missed out on that opportunity to be rescued. <laughs> Very funny. And I think that sometimes with us all in life, we set out on something, but we get caught out. You know, all have sinned, all have the sin problem in their lives. We've all been caught out by mistakes, by issues, by things that we could have done better, things that we should have done um, better. And this problem of sin is a problem for the human race. And here Matthew is actually wanting to present the gospel, really starting with a big uh, concept of sin, sins, is where God needs to come in and bring a solution. We particularly see this if we condense the human race into a bit of an example of who are the Jews, who are the chosen people, who are God's people that He's been doing experiments on in the Old Testament, where His attributes have been expressed, where who He is is shown. And so when we see this, we see that something had to be done. His solution was to send the Son. His solution was to come, God the Son. And the solution is simple, a person. The problem's simple, sin. The solution is simple, a Saviour. And Jesus, the meaning of His name is Saviour. Just like Joshua in the Old Testament, same name, Yeshua, bringing them out of slavery into the promised land. And Jesus, this name, He, between the sinfulness and the salvation plan and Him being the salvation plan, Jesus is the sinless one, the virgin birth. How beautiful, how vital to our Christian faith to reflect upon that, this concept during this event season, that He is the sinless one, virgin born, pure. God became flesh, but He was pure. He never sinned throughout His life, even, even though He was a teenager. I mean, come on, got to say that. You know, He, he, he never sinned. He lived a perfect life blameless life and when we think about him being the son of David the son of Abraham and hitting the scene at this time in the history of Israel now being oppressed by the Romans now being oppressed by the Pharisees in a very legal system Matthew wants to show that Jesus Christ is now born into a messy messy situation but the father from his perspective, he is not phased. The Spirit is watching the Word of God, watching the Scriptures. Jesus, as a young boy, is learning passages from the Torah, understanding the law, understanding the beauty of the nature of who God is, who He is, 
as he is in the scholarship of, um, you know, his journey as a young man, reflecting on the passages in the Old Testament, he knew the plan. He knew the salvation plan. One passage says, a body you have prepared for me. He knew what he was doing. And uh, it's such a beautiful thing to reflect on this, that the Jews, the history of Israel being so messy, if you look at the genealogy, Matthew shows, wow, how rebellious are the children of Israel? How rebellious is the nation of Israel? That they being brought out of such an oppressive situation in Egypt through the Exodus, were given the law, were married to God, but through their idolatry and their harlotry, they transgressed the pure law of God. They violated their calling to, to, to be an example, to be those that would um, express God's glory to the nations. They fell well short of the glory of God, these Jews. They were so rebellious that they actually owed the land some time. So God had to send them out in exile for 70 years, 70 years out of the land of Israel. And uh, Matthew certainly highlights this in this passage because of their transgression against the law. Israel, you could say, had a criminal history, a criminal history, a huge criminal history. You know, if they were to get it, if they were one person here wanting to come and be a volunteer at this church, they would have serious issues being a volunteer, given a police check. But we've all got a criminal history. We've all transgressed the law. And that's what sin is, transgressing the law of God. Because the law of God is wonderful. It's written. It's who His nature is. When we do that which is not according and in, in order of God's nature as a human being created from Him, we're actually violating Him. It, it is not relational. It's relationally dysfunctional. It's wanting everything of who God is, everything of the creation, but not wanting relationship. And that's why sin, yes, it's bad because it's breaking the law, but it also breaks covenant. It breaks relationship. And this is why sin is a serious issue. We've all got a criminal history. The law shows that. But praise God for the law. It's beautiful. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He's the new Moses. And He shows that through um, the book of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. Beautiful. And uh, I just want to highlight that none of us here are actually defined by the past, our past, because of the Saviour and what He has done. God's law demands justice. God's nature demands justice. If He didn't do something about sin, if He didn't do something about our sin, our broken past, He, would, he wouldn't be being God because He's righteous, He's holy, and He has to do something about sin. He has to judge it. And so this is where things are leading up to in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus in just demonstrating the, the power of the gospel. So call his name Jesus, for he, the unique Christ, will save, he saves us from, from our sinful nature, from our covenant breaking. He saves us from, from the, 
the, the full force of the law, which deserves death because he took on that death. His people, and yes, his people are the Jews. His people are Israel. But his people, we are his people. The nations are his people. In fact, the Gospel of Luke, when Luke shares the genealogy of Jesus Christ, goes all the way back to Adam, the son of God. Because when the fall happened, God in his judgment clearly stated about the seed of the woman and that the seed of the woman would judge the serpent. You will crush, you, sorry, you will, you will bite his foot, but, you, but, but he will crush your head. The seed of the serpent would bite the foot of the Messiah, but the Messiah would crush the serpent's head. And the cross comes and has the final say, like we were singing, and crushes sin, crushes the power of sin, crushes the deceptive nature of sin. So powerful. We are His people. Israel's His people. Jesus has entered our humanity. He's entered our broken humanity. And, you know, if you look at the genealogy in Matthew, I love it because if you read it clearly through, there's some little things in there when you go through the son of, the son of, the son of, where He's making a point. One of them, one of, the, uh, one of the ancestors of Christ is Rahab. Remember the story of Rahab when she hid the spies and then if she hung a little red cord down her window when the children of Israel marched around Jericho, her part of the house wouldn't fall. She would be saved. And do you know she actually married into Israel, and that is one of Jesus' ancestors, a prostitute. Jesus has entered our brokenness. Jesus has entered our, into our fallen world, into, into, our, into our world. Rahab, what about David? David is mentioned here. Jesus, a direct descendant of David. David, yes, the giant slaying king, the rock star, but also David, the murderer, the adulterer. David, the one who uh, did a census that tried to take control, that went into pride. David, the idolater, is mentioned here. And uh, it's interesting to note that it says here in verse uh, 6, David, the king, begot Solomon, by her who had been the wife of Uriah. We've all got history, don't we? Jesus has got history, but He's come into His story in that way and powerfully, powerfully brought His life into us. The life that could not be held down by sin, pinned down by sin. The life that could not be held down by the grave the life that was invincible and is invincible has come into, into our world. He's related to Rahab. He's related to David. He's related to Rehoboam, who aided in splitting the kingdom. He's related. He's related. He's related to, he's entered into, to, into us to bring relationship. So we've all got personal issues, don't we? Because of sin. 
We've all got sins that um, have beset us. We've all got our bad sins that we've done, the sins that perhaps come and haunt us, that the devil uses to torment us, the things that come back to our memory. Maybe at the heart of the epidemic of mental illness in Australia is a problem with a guilty conscience. Maybe that's where anxiety springs for or depression comes from. What if the gospel is presented so clearly that you would hear the cross has the final say that Jesus Christ has saved me from my sins, that I don't even have to think about that past sin anymore, those regrets. I don't have to try and rectify the situation because if I meditate on Jesus Christ and His Word, I begin to get liberated. My boast begins to be in Christ and my history is His story. And you can say with Jonathan Newton who wrote Amazing Grace, one thing I know is I'm a great sinner, but Christ is a great Saviour. And Charles Spurgeon said, the bigger your sin, the bigger your Saviour. So if you, you feel sometimes that regret of your sin, start to boast in Christ. Start to boast in His salvation. Start to rejoice in who He is as a Saviour that's entered into our broken humanity, gone into our darkness. That's not about trying to get the darkness out all the time. I'm trying to get the darkness out. When you turn on light, the darkness flees. And that's what the Gospel does. The light has come and shone into our lives. Christ has come. And so here we are, we're thinking about that. I want to encourage you that you are, yes, a finished product. You have been set free. You've been saved from your sins. But this ongoing journey, if there's habits, things that try to encroach upon us, He wants to set us free from that as well as we begin to move with Him, as we are a work in progress. That process of sanctification, uh, He he begins to transform our broken thinking and our uh, messy emotions. And it's all because of the gospel. It's not a self-improvement plan. It's not anything, but it's the gospel alone. It's It's the unique Jesus Christ and who He is that sets us free. The exclusive Saviour I want to encourage us in this morning. I want to encourage us that we've not only been saved out of sins, but we've been saved into into His life. That when we think about the Christian life, it's not trying to, and this is a catchphrase I got from someone, it's not trying to become a better person. It's not a self-improvement plan. In fact, do you know at the heart of sin is self? And if you're willing to deny yourself, if you're willing to embrace the power of the cross on yourself and let your flesh be crucified, let that fallen nature be mortified, you are set free from the power of sin that might be trying to deceive you. And self goes. You don't become a better person, you become a new person. It's the life of Jesus Christ that flows through you, not your own life. It's the life of Jesus Christ that flows through you. Sin was the problem. The solution is Jesus Christ, the sinless one who came, fulfilled the law, who died and bore the punishment, the consequence for all our sins, all our mistakes, all our failures. Come on, guys, if there's something you're struggling with this year, 
that you wish you hadn't had done. You can be free by believing, by identifying with the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning. Don't go for something, something temporary. Don't go for a temporary solution, a temporary comfort. Embrace the cross. But are you willing this morning just to allow yourself to be absorbed by the cross, to just be so in, 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 uh, enraptured with what Christ has done, that Christ is in you? You know, Matthew really wants to start with that genealogy to emphasize the problem of the human race. <laughs> he wants to show us we really need to start with, we need to tell people, we, we need to explain to people who are struggling with mental illness or struggling with trying, trying things out all the time to try and heal the pain of the past. We need to tell them that Jesus Christ will save you from your sins. He will, he will save you from your sins. We need to tell them that you're not awesome. You're not amazing. You are sinful. You are deprived. You are desperately in need of God. That, that you are dead in your transgressions and sins. You're not awesome, but God is. Jesus Christ is. And Him in you is awesome. Okay, we need to be speaking that gospel so powerfully, so clearly with conviction. It's a freeing thing to know that you were deprived, that you were sinful. I remember when I was struggling with some uh, OCD tendencies because I'm an intense thinker. That may come as a surprise to some people here. Um, and Marty said, remember Ryan. He explained about the depravity. The depra and boom, something lifted off of me. If you're struggling with a crazy mind, crazy emotions, fear of what it's gonna be like this Christmas with family, social anxiety, know that you suck in and of yourself. But your flesh has been crucified and don't look at yourself. Stop looking at yourself. Start looking at the sinless, virgin-born Saviour, the Son of Abraham, the promised one for you, for the human race, the Son of David, the King. You are not the King of your life. Get off the throne. The one that would build the house of God. He's the one building. The one that came to our level, entered to crush the serpent's head, entered into right back into what Adam had done in the incarnation as a light, as a fulfilment of prophecy and has wrapped you up in His story. You cannot escape the power of Christ. He has touched you and the heart of the Gospel is yes, you broke relationship, you transgressed, but Jesus Christ is here and He has won relationship back for you with the Father, that you can now participate in the relationship that He has with the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit, not in and of yourself. It's time to rejoice. I just want you to stand to your feet this morning, just begin to reflect, just to lay to rest heart issues this morning, conscience issues this morning at the cross right now. I just wanna pray for you uh, and I just want you to reflect on a few things right now. Surely He has borne our griefs, as Isaiah said, and carried our sorrows. He goes on later and says, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. Later He says that, uh, And the Lord has laid on Him 
the iniquity of us all. The hundreds of years ago, Isaiah prophesied about this Saviour. Perhaps not the hero that the, well, not the hero that the Jews thought, sorry. But yes, the Messiah, the Saviour, the one who has dealt with the big simple problem of sin and sins, sinful nature and criminal history. Jesus Christ, right now as we think of you, that little baby, we think about you this Christmas season. We thank you, Jesus, for your obedience to the prophetic word, to the scriptures, to the Father's word. Jesus, thank you for counting the cost. Thank you for laying down your life, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham, Emmanuel, God with us. And in this history, and in this time of history, your story, it's not about us, it's about you. We're not in control. You're totally in control of everything. And all we have to do is enjoy who you are and rejoice in you, Emmanuel, that you are working it all out. You're unravelling it, Lord. It's, you're going to fulfil the salvation plan you have for each one of us. We've, we've been saved. We're being saved and we will be totally saved. We can emphasise this morning that we are all saved from sins. Jesus, we love you. Just while all eyes are closed right now, I wanna teach you, uh, you probably know it already, but the sinner's prayer, we're gonna pray it together. And uh, I, w- I just want us to be, be a church that just shares that gospel this Christmas unashamedly, encourage people. Because sometimes people need to strongly hear that they're not awesome. <laughs> in and of themselves, but God is, and, and, and God can make them awesome in Him. So that, that's my big point today.